This episode of the Slash Filmcast is brought to you by Bombfell. For $25 off your first purchase, visit bombfell.com slash filmcast. That's $25 off by visiting bombfell.com slash filmcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the Slash Filmcast, the official podcast of SlashFilm.com. I'm David Hardwar and tonight it's just me and, uh, hey Jeff, how's it going? Jeff Kanata. Doing well, man. We, uh, we're holding down the fort while Dave is recovering. He's, he's been ill, he's, oh, he's had a lot going on, so we're, we're holding it down. Seriously. And uh, always fun to have a, a Devendra and Jeff session to bro out. And yeah, man. Talk about a couple of things, yeah. And we should also mention that next week there will be no episode at all. Yes. So we're taking a little week off uh, while Dave continues to recover, and then we'll be back in action the, the week after that. For sure. Are you going to be doing anything that week, Jeff? Uh, I'm going to try to survive the world. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll as, as we're recording this, we are kind of ending the weekend of hell after uh, the the entire situation in Charlottesville. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's, it's a crazy situation. It kind of feels weird just to be talking about movies right now, but I yeah. don't know, whatever, whatever to keep our sanity a little. And, yeah, you uh, have to, I guess, you yeah. have to find joy. But it is, uh, it is hard to to go. Hey, let's talk about fun stuff when it yeah. feels so unfun out in the world. But got to balance. Here it. we are. Yeah, be aware of what's happening because yeah, the world is on fire, and you may have to run out and uh, i don't know punch a few nazis i don't know um and yeah. also you know take care of yourself by how, however you can i guess yeah. yeah hey if there's anything that that movies have taught us is that uh, you can punch a nazi right that's uh that's <laughs> i feel like takeaway. you know if anything pop culture has taught us for sure yeah that's that seems yeah. all right all our all our heroes have kind of uh, uh done that and shown us that uh, <laughs> my I'm gonna... favorite tweet that i saw this week was uh uh, Indiana Jones. Yes. Man, I hate Nazis and snakes. Uh, Donald Trump. Yeah, you're so right about the snakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I am going to be in Germany next week, actually, too, at Gamescom. So that's why. Oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah. I am not going to Gamescom. That's exciting, though. It sounds fun. It's in Cologne. Apparently the biggest con- like convention uh, in the world also, but also a giant video game con- convention. I didn't realize it was so much bigger than E3. Kind of yeah, it's massive, and they open it up to the public, so it's like it's oh, boy. lots of people. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm still recovering from uh, the E3 madness of my first E3, so yeah, yeah, lots to look forward to here. I um, can't wait to hear about it, man. That's that's exciting. Are you going to do any other Germany stuff, or just in and out for the I show? No, I think I'm pretty much going to be in and out, but uh, yeah, I'm going to try to do some exploring because I've never been to Germany, and uh, yeah, I'm going to get some good beer, check out that mm-hmm. currywurst, which I've heard there you go. many good things about. But yeah, yeah, that'll be good. Uh, in this episode, by the way, we're going to be reviewing The Glass Castle, the new movie by uh, Destin Daniel Cretton. He did uh, Short Term 12 a couple years ago, which I loved. That movie's fantastic. Yeah. So I was excited so for I. this. Uh, I have complicated feelings towards The Glass Castle. But first, what we've been watching. And I wanted to bring up a movie which I didn't think I'd be seeing this weekend. Annabelle Creation. Annabelle mm. Creation. This is like, I think this is the second, yeah, the second Annabelle movie, which itself is a spinoff from the Conjuring films. So this is all part of the Conjuring cinematic universe. Uh, 
There's a Conjuring Cinematic oh, Universe. Oh yes, now? you bet there is, Jeff. Yeah, okay. Um, well, also, it is kind of a universe that uh, suits itself to it as well. I know there's a spinoff movie coming about the uh, the evil nun from Conjuring Two, which honestly is one of the most terrifying uh, ghost designs I've seen in recent memory. So I think that uh, that that's totally worth it. But uh, this movie, Annabelle Creation, is directed by David F. Sandberg. He did Lights Out a couple of years ago as well. And uh, I thought Lights Out was a really, it was a good gimmick. I think the short film works better than the feature film. But clearly, he had a lot of talent, right? I think he had a lot of technical skill. And we see that again here in this movie. This movie honestly reminds me of uh, Ouija 2, uh, a sequel to like a franchise you never thought you'd be into, but kind of <laughs> works on its own. And uh, this movie centers on a group of orphaned girls who go to a uh, a, a cottage, a, a big house in the country, and, you know, demons happen and dolls get possessed and they have to escape their lives. I, th- I thought this movie was just really good. It's a really well-done horror movie. Some great scares. The technical craft here is really good. It's not like a particularly groundbreaking film, but, you know, in the middle of summer, it is nice to have... Um, it was just a good horror movie. We've had a spate of that over the past few years. So it's successful on many yeah. levels. I really like these characters because it's also about um, you know, just a bunch of young girls who really can't fight back against this too much. But also all the kids are great too. Um, yeah, not a groundbreaking film, but I just really enjoyed it because I'm a fan of horror films. And I'd like to see David F. Sandberg um, do well. I, th- I think he clearly has a lot going on. And there's some great actors in this movie, too. Like, Miranda Otto is in this. Oh. And I love seeing her and everything. So, yeah. I heard this out. movie has a lot of jump scares. It does. And honestly, I'm I think it, fan. it plays around <laughs> with the concept of jump scares, too. So, you know, sometimes when you think there'll be a jump scare, it kind of plays with you. Uh, it is very much a traditional horror movie, I think. And, um, you know, sometimes you just need that. I, I think sometimes that's fine. That's, that's the sort of thing James Wan has been doing really well. Uh, the Conjuring movies have done, you know, a good job of building up this, like, uh, these, basically, these paranormal hunters who are almost sort of like a detective squad, too. Like, I mm. love um, his stories about the the Warrens, at least. I know in real life, uh, the stories around them are a lot more problematic, and, you know, they're the verifiability of all their stories is definitely not there. But as movies, I think they work really well. So this is a solid entry in that universe. And I'm, I'm just surprised. I don't normally put much stock in these spinoff movies. And next up, I also want to talk about a couple of games because uh, I haven't had much time to watch much of their things at this point. But uh, I have played some pretty cinematic games recently. And uh, Jeff, I, I figure you probably have some thoughts on this too. Yeah, I did play Tacoma, the new game mm-hmm. by Fulbright, the people uh, behind Gone Home. Right. And, you know that I, I love that game. That kind of came out of nowhere and surprised us. We've been waiting for this one for a couple years now, and we honestly didn't have much of an idea what it was. Uh, I'm not going to spoil too much, uh, except to say it is. It's a pretty cinematic game. You're basically sent to a space station. Um, the crew has disappeared, as they tend to do in these like creepy space stories. And your whole goal is to just go there and get the AI that's on board and bring it back to your employers. That's like the initial setup. And it has a lot of the mechanics that we had saw in Gone Home, right? There's a lot of exploring. There's a lot of like going through people's stuff and just you know seeing people's lives as they're rendered by like their diaries and all sorts of things. But I think it goes... On another level, too, because there are these situations where um, you have, like, this 
augmented reality plugin in your in your head or your visor or something where you can see things that are recorded by the ship's AI and kind of basically view um, very like uh, uh, very simple polygons of the actual people and the conversations mm-hmm. they've had so you can watch them and rewind and go back and watch different sides of the conversation which is basically most of the game um, I think there's a really interesting story here to tell about uh, artificial intelligence the future of capitalism which honestly doesn't look a lot like it doesn't look that different than today <laughs> and um right. you know and relationships too and human relationships and how all that can stay you know it, that also is pretty similar to today uh it didn't surprise me in the way gone home did but honestly we just didn't know what to expect from that movie or from that game uh but it still felt like a fulfilling experience to me i just wish it was a little longer i got through it in like two and a half hours i think and that's with a lot of exploration and a lot of like wandering and just taking in the world um after such a long wait i kind of was expecting a little more yeah my my steam uh uh display (laughs) said 117 minutes for me so i i have to admit there were i didn't see everything i didn't get all the achievements but yeah it is it is a brief experience one you can do in a sitting or two easily um I you know I really like the mechanics of this game and I really like the the fact that you are able to see different sides of a conversation by using that rewind and fast forward mechanic and you see people walk into a room and then you can you know rewind and yep. follow them and find out where they came from and hear their the beginning of their conversation and it adds context it's 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 a uh, it's kind of a um a voyeur simulator, right? Yes, you're just sure. you're just this this uh, fly on a wall, listening to conversations and piecing together what what the relationships are of these people. All that stuff is fascinating, and it's I have to tread lightly here, but there <laughs> there is a revelation that happens at the end of the game. Sure, that I found to be a little bit frustrating because. <laughs> It's not something that I, the player, would not know mm-hmm. throughout. I mean, if I was really playing as the character I'm playing, I would know the whole time. Um, and oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know, it just mm-hmm. it felt very frustrating. Of like, oh well, that's a little bit of a cheap trick because, mm-hmm. you know, Gone Home had a big revelation at the end, but it's a discovery that you and the character are making at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And in this game, it's only a discovery for the player because the game doesn't tell you things, but. The character would know it. Mm-hmm. And so it, it just it felt a little cheap. It felt a little I felt a little disconnected from the entire thing because I kind of didn't know about myself. And where Gone Home was this journey of exploration for you and the and the character at the right. same time, you're just kind of finding out about other people in Tacoma until the end. Uh, and so I don't know. I, I I didn't find it as satisfying as Gone Home, mm-hmm. but it is a very interesting game. And I I just like the fact that you know, groups like uh, like Fulbright are experimenting with what interactive entertainment can be, and I, I found that to be fascinating. I just was a little bit disappointed with this one. I feel that uh, it's uh, you know I enjoyed the experience, but I definitely was expecting a little more. Um, what you're pointing out that uh, gets into spoiler territory, but you know, as you mentioned it, like that is that's certainly a plot hole, unless like there are ways you can explain around that. But anyway, I, I do think it's worth checking out, especially if you liked Gone Home. Uh, I guess just don't go in expecting as a huge of a revelatory experience as that game was. Yeah, yeah. For I sure. also played uh, Hellblade: Senwa's Sacrifice, which is a much more interesting game than that title, 
would make you believe. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Hellblade sounds, sounds so generic. like one of those Simpsons games, like uh, that that Barton Milhouse would play. What, what was yeah, it? Death Shoot or Blood <laughs> Explosion or something. Yeah, exactly. And this is a new game from Ninja Theory, and uh, most of they they did what Heavenly Sword a while yeah. ago, but most recently they also did Enslaved with Andy Serkis. Right. Uh, which I, I really like that game. Uh, that game is like criminally underplayed, and I thought did some really great stuff with motion capture. This yep. game takes everything they've done before and kind of ramps it up completely. Like uh, this game is basically pure interactive cinema. There is no UI. You're just kind of thrust into the world. Uh, she's like uh, rowing a boat, and you see just this wonderfully realized uh, kind of uh, Viking world around her, and you play a woman who's. Uh, Going into hell. Yeah, basically going into hell uh, to, I think, uh, save her beloved. beloved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's pretty much it. The The game doesn't really give you everything, right? And the real interesting part of it, too, is that uh, you know, the character you're playing um, also has, um, you know, she has mental issues as well. And that's yeah. kind of interesting that, you know, it's portraying these things that you don't normally see in games. So she will hear things. And uh, she'll see things that may not be there. And the game is very careful about that, too. I know they had a mental health expert, um, you know, kind of help them along with how they portrayed some of the stuff. So it's all done pretty tastefully and not like in a in a crazy way, like in a way that we've seen in other pop culture things. Like she's not just portrayed as some crazy person. Like there's something, right. you know, there, there's something deeper going on. And I think the game's pretty respectful around that. Uh, but narratively, it's really interesting because, yeah, there is no UI. You're spending a lot of time exploring this gorgeously rendered world. Uh, the motion capture is amazing. Uh, her character model just looks incredible. Yeah, um, and it actually emotes. I mean, you can yeah. see emotion in her eyes, and, and it's a completely digital character. It's it's quite something for a video game to achieve in real time. I mean, this is not pre-rendered cutscenes. Mm-hmm. This is not, you know, th- these are actual, you know, in-engine uh, graphics that manage to to create a sense of of real emotion. It's pretty great. Yeah, I mean, the the models are great, but also the environments are just astounding. Like it at times, mm-hmm. just feel like you're just watching a, a CG film. Like it is so yeah. well done. There are they do kind of do some weird things. Like there are points where in these visions, you're also seeing characters. Actually, you're just watching video of people yeah. kind of in the world, which is uh, <laughs> that almost reminds me of like a Sega CD type effect or something, like right. a sewer shark thing. Um, but it kind of works in this world. Uh, I, I'm just astounded by the presentation here. Uh, as a game, it's uh, you know it's it's interesting. I, I'm not a big fan of the puzzles. I like the combat. Yeah, it's not super deep like some of their other games. Um, this one is mostly it's basically like a big visual story, and I kind of appreciate it for that. Like I'm playing this game both on my computer and like piped over to my projector, and it looks astounding. Mm. It's a wonderful wow. experience. Uh, so this is a game you definitely want to see on a big screen too. It just looks unlike anything I've seen before. Yeah, and and audio wise too, they use binaural sound, mm-hmm. and it, it is as you said. There's like this tapestry of voices and uh, sounds that she's experiencing in her head that are really powerful. I mean, they're constantly hearing her or it sounds like her like talking to herself or you know doubting what you're Mm -hmm. seeing and it's uh it's a really amazing full sensory experience and 
they, they should be commended for that, especially uh, this is like a $30 price point, right? This is yeah. such amazing presentation and they're putting it out at a, at a lower price point, which I think is to be commended as well. But I agree with you that the game itself is not particularly compelling. It is, it is certainly worth playing as an experience, mm-hmm. as you said, as like interactive cinema uh, because it's doing stuff that no other game has really – touched this is an amazing descent into madness um but but uh as a game could be improved yeah and there's some incredible design work going on here too like just senwa as a character looks great um this is i guess the world of like just really wonderfully realized character models too like uh, she reminds me a bit of uh was it the uh, the character from horizon zero dawn like just how well done that character model is um yeah but yeah, Aloy. yeah, yeah, Aloy. And there's just so much going on in this world. I wish they put a little more thought into the puzzles. I kind of like the combat. Um, yeah, combat's cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's just it, it, the game also doesn't tell you everything. So it's there's a lot of learning and a lot of like uh, there is some dying. Oh, there there is also the aspect that if you die enough, the game will like erase your save file. Like death right. is sort of permanent. Although from what I'm reading, like that's not entirely true. Maybe it's more like the idea that is true. Yeah, yeah, they're saying that's kind of an empty threat, but it's a cool concept to like put yeah. that fear in you. Um, but you're so right about the character model because the camera will get really mm-hmm. close to her, and you see like like frizzled hair. You know, she's she's got her hair like tightly um, in a I don't know a ponytail or whatever, or like uh, in braids. And usually in games like that, even in in a game as detailed as Horizon Zero Dawn, the the hair looks great. But this is like it's so realistic because you see, you know, stray strands of hair like popping out of the braids and there's so much detail and the camera kind of brushes past her her neck and you see little individual hairs on her skin and it's just extraordinary yeah it's a great tech demo i'm hopefully that uh i'm hoping that ninja theory will be able to like take all this tech that they've developed for it and apply it to a much bigger game down the line uh at engadget actually my colleague nick summers did a nice deep dive into all their motion capture technology so you could go check that out over engadget.com uh that's a very long article and he got to try in the motion suit that they used to capture this too it looks really cool yeah, it's cool. Yeah, so what have you been watching, Jeff? Well, I've been I've been watching a lot more of Ozark, but I haven't finished that series yet, so I'm, I'm not going to talk about it. But we're very close to the end, and I'm still really, really loving it. So I highly recommend Ozark on Netflix. Um, but I also wanted to talk since Dave's not here. You know, he does a a fantastic Game of Thrones inspired uh, uh, podcast called yeah. The Cast of Kings. And because he does that and talks about that show every week, we tend not to talk about it too much on this show. So I thought it would be fun for you and me while the, the cat's away, the mice will play, and um, we can talk a little Game of Thrones because, my God, this, this season has been amazing. So good. So good. I mean, honestly, they're benefiting from the fact that we've just been like the, – the series has been sort of like tantric sex narratively for a while, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's so just true. like withheld so much. And yeah. now it's like, oh, oh, now we're seeing full release. We're in full release. Yeah. Yeah. It is uh it's an amazing thing to have this much investment in a universe uh and and have these wonderful payoffs happening. I mean, it is it is really a season of payoffs, but not not payoffs like you usually see in a movie or a show. These are payoffs that are beautiful character moments. Beautiful like when it, when a character will say something uh you know when when um sansa will will say something to aria about 
what she's been going through. We've been, we were there that whole time. We yeah. saw all of it. It was hard and she can just refer to it in a, in a small way. And we like, Oh yeah, I know all of the hardships you went through. I know all of those things. And there are so many great moments like that. Every episode, it seems to be paying off the investment in people that we have, the, the, the wonderful, like, uh, holding out of, of two people meeting and when they finally do it, it is such, it's so beautifully written and mm-hmm. so, uh, so satisfying, uh, that this, it very rarely do you find a show that pays off in so many vibrant ways, things that were set up seasons and seasons and seasons ago. Oh, it's definitely, yeah. so great, man. And you've seen these characters just grow so much too. Like, so Arya is just like now basically a little ninja assassin and I love <laughs> yeah. everything about her right now. Uh, so you've seen up to the spoils of war, which is uh, a big battle episode where, um, you know, the, the, the dragon in the battle for the first time, it's pretty astounding. Yeah. And you hear, you, we've heard about mm-hmm. the power and majesty and fearful, destructive power of these things. We've heard, you know, tales of Aegon the Conqueror and how he has used dragons to to take over all the Seven Kingdoms. And we've heard that, oh my God, she, you know, the Daenerys has these dragons, and it's like the most potent weapon of all. And we've seen a little tastes of why dragons are feared, mm-hmm. but to have it on full display of what it can do to an army, it was like. Like you said, this tantric moment of like, this is what we've been teased about for so long, and now it's in full glory. It's amazing, amazing. It was a wonderful scene. And there are also like several great battle scenes here, too, in the season. Like, it's just, there's a lot coming, right? Because Daenerys is now, um, she's uh, on the main continent. She's ready to, you know, kick some ass and take over a kingdom. And we saw a couple of battles around that, too. Uh, uh, tonight's episode, Eastwatch, I think did some pretty great stuff in terms of bringing back characters that we've been uh, just wondering about for a while. Like, uh, what, what have they been up to? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, this season has been a great showcase for the smaller folks. You're like, I, I love Davos. Um, and just like, he, you know, he's the guy who kind of has to get everybody together and has to you know, help everybody communicate with each other. So, yeah, there's been a ton of good stuff. Yeah. I mean, just like little things like um, seeing uh, Samuel Tarly operate on uh, Ser Jorah Mormont, you you have so much. I mean, that's a cool moment in and of itself. But when Jorah reveals that he's a Mormont Mm -hmm. and that his father was the man that Samuel, you know, uh, studied under and and served at the at the uh, at the wall you go, oh my God, I understand why this means so much to Samwell, like why yeah, he would do yeah. that. You have all that shared history there that is, it makes, makes it rewards the viewer in such a tangible way. And it feels like every episode is that stuff. It's like, yeah, I, you know, I, I remember all these things. I'm rewarded for the investment in the universe. And that is like, that's why people want, uh, read epic fiction, right? That is why these mm-hmm. epic fantasy stories are loved and beloved by by so many readers is because that is the promise is that the books you're reading now are going to matter seven books from now you know and (laughs) here we are having that happen and play out on television it's so fun it's so good i guess uh, this show has the benefit of just like you know what decades of like plot built up from these books like there's less of a 
I don't know if they're going to ever get off this island type thing because right. we, we know certain bits of it have been done already, although the show's way past the books now. But I think they're still working off some plot that, uh, you know, uh, Martin has in store or has given them. So I don't yeah. think it can differentiate too much. I, I'm not well, sure. Well, clearly he's working. set all this stuff up. And yeah. I mean, it's it, 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 it works too much like, uh, you know, a, a clock to, mm. uh, to, to have been just them improvising after they ran out of books. I think it's all, it all fits into his, his plan. And, um, as somebody who has loved the books and was always a sort of book. Can't get enough eye-popping, jaw-dropping, heart-stopping reality TV. It's the best. Then head to Hey You, home of reality on demand. Stream and download the latest episodes from shows like Keeping Up with the Kardashians and The Real Housewives, same day as the US. What's more fun than that? Or binge old faves like The Simple Life and The Hills. That's hot. Hey You, reality on demand. Start your one-month free trial now elitist and was like ah oh, the show is nothing compared to the books uh, i've just completely abandoned that at this point and realized this is now a television series and these books are he's he's allowed them to sort of become irrelevant which is a little sad but the case like this is this this is the story now yeah. the story is what is is told in the television show and he let that happen, so be it. Yeah, it's the one pop culture will ultimately remember rather than the books, because right. when we think of these people, we'll think of these actors. Uh, but, yeah, it's... Uh, I can understand why he did that. It's going to be... Aren't we going to wait a little while uh, after the season's over? And this season's only seven episodes, right? And we're ta- they're taking a year off, I think? Yeah, it's because the they evidently one. split the final season in twain. Oh, and boy. so, yeah, that's why two abbreviated halves... Uh, separated you know you gotta make sure people keep that hbo subscription devendra gotta keep it going and yeah yeah well we search for a hit we gotta search for a new hit while they prepare Uh, confederate maybe who knows (laughs) um yeah that's gonna be a whole thing but also i think given how plot heavy and how like i don't know how rewarding the season has been i guess it's understandable that they're gonna take a little time and prepare the final season too because there's just there's so much to go through at this point yeah uh, it's been so fun to watch and so satisfying. And and I also am kind of loving – as much as I enjoy binge watching and you know watching as many episodes of a season as I want mm-hmm. in a single sitting or whatever, it has been kind of fun having that little reward waiting for me on Sunday night every week. You yeah. know, It's been yeah. kind of magical. And being able to like – honestly, I try not to do too much spoilers on like Twitter and stuff, but – there is there's like a cultural conversation happening when this thing airs and right yeah. after and you know I it's it's great like seeing that and seeing how alive that is and you know, I, I don't know like I I love all of this I love every bit of this fandom uh, from, that thing is going yeah. away though that that yeah, that yeah. cultural discussion after an episode that the entire nation watches is going away that's ending and mm-hmm. I feel like this is one of the last gasps of of a dying paradigm. Um, because it used to be like that, and I don't, I just don't think mm-hmm. HBO is kind of the last place where that really happens. Maybe you know, maybe FX and maybe AMC a little bit, but yeah, yeah. It, it's it's rare now, and I think it's it's gonna end completely. Oof, 
That's a that's a sad thought, Jeff. But yeah, I guess yeah. These like HBO and AMC, they don't just like dump a whole season's worth of stuff and you know leave it to you to sort out and watch at your own pace. Right. I do think like Netflix with some of their shows, I think the Castlevania show, right? It's only four episodes right now, and mm-hmm. they'll release more eventually. So like, I wonder if they're going to start experimenting with different ways to do this. Uh, but I, I'd look to Amazon maybe to do something like that before Netflix. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of things we all need to do, Devendra, uh-huh. we all need to dress ourselves. And if you're like me, you hate going out and shopping for yourself. It's not just because I don't like spending the time at the store. Uh, it's because I don't have good taste. <laughs> I don't have good taste. I don't know how to dress myself. I don't know what the trends are. I don't have time for that stuff. I got yeah. TV shows to watch. I got video games to play. I don't think I don't you're alone, t- Jeff. Like, yeah, no. it's tough. It is hard, and that is why Bombfell exists. Bombfell is basically your own personal stylist. I say basically. I mean, that's literally what it is. You have a one-on-one relationship with a stylist they match a stylist to you and then you have this interactive relationship with them they send you an email well first of all what you do is you when you sign up for Bombfell, you go to their website you fill in all your measurements and then they ask you some questions about what kind of clothes you're looking for and you fill it out the best you can and then uh, you get an email shortly thereafter from the stylist that has been assigned to you saying hey Here's what I'm thinking for you. And you can go, uh, yeah, that's cool. Or, oh my gosh, I love it. Or, eh, that's not so much. And then you start this conversation and you go back. And over time, the stylist will kind of know exactly what your personal style is, what's worked, what hasn't worked, what fits, what hasn't fit so well. But I have to say, I did this. Mm-hmm. I signed up for Bombfell. I got clothes. First of all, I was shocked at how well they fit, which – you buy clothes online, you never know what you're going to get. But these guys know what they're doing. Nice. These f- clothes fit so well. My wife was very, very impressed with how they fit. They felt great on me. High quality stuff and styles that I honestly would never have picked for myself, but ended up looking really, really cool. And I think you guys are going to dig this. It's going to free up time. You don't have to go out and shop. You don't have to worry about you know all the latest trends. You've got somebody who's got your back and is doing that for you. And the clothes look great. You can do ca- more casual stuff. You can do more businessy stuff. You can do more you know going out on the town stuff. You can really cater it to your specific needs, what you want. You don't have to get that all the trendiest stuff. You can get stuff that's really comfortable and cool. It's just a personal shopper just for you. It's awesome. I got mine. I loved it. My wife was really impressed. Check it out. So Bombfell is B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L dot com slash filmcast. And we're going to give you $25 off your first purchase by going there. Bombfell dot com slash filmcast. And uh, you got $25 off. So check it out. Sign up. Put all your stuff in. Put, you know, fill out, fill out your, your sizes and start interacting with the uh, the stylist. You're going to be surprised at the stuff. They'll send you pictures of things that they're thinking about for you. It's awesome. Bombfell.com slash filmcast. Awesome. And I'm, honestly, I'm glad to see that a service like this exists because I have to say, Jeff, like one of the things that made me feel like a grown-up at, at one point was learning how to dress myself properly. <laughs> and not just like a yeah. you know, suit and tie, but like uh, buy clothes that fit and know kind of what looks good on you. And that all matters. So great to have something it like really that. It really does. Sort that out. 
It really does. I, my One of the things I learned from my wife is she said, always dress a little nicer than is necessary. Right. Yeah. You know, and and that is such a good thing. It really, it really has served me well in in life. It's it's like yeah, people appreciate you being put together well, and I don't put myself together well. That's why I need somebody like these guys. <laughs> <laughs> now for a review of the Glass Castle. Rich city folk live in fancy apartments, but their air is so polluted they can't even see the stars. We'd have to be out of our minds to trade places with any of them. Dr. Taylor said we should go to a real school. A real school, huh? <laughs> this is as real as it gets, kids. You learn from living. Pack yourself a toothbrush, deal. Pack yourself a favorite. That was from the trailer for The Glass Castle, the new film by Destin Daniel Cretton. And, uh,. You know, this is a movie I honestly have been looking forward to for a while just because I really love Short Term 12. I think that movie... Me too. Yeah. It just does so much. It was an astounding it's little beautiful. indie film about these... Uh, it's it's about kids at a school for, for troubled kids, I guess. Um, but it handles so much, right? It's such a delicate film. It handles kids who are dealing with some serious situations in a really heartfelt way and in a way that didn't feel too cloying or too painful. And, yeah. uh, you know, this is a movie adapted from uh, the memoir by Jeanette Walls. And uh, this is about basically her life. Uh, she she grew up with some really unorthodox parents, a father who, you know, was always on is the He's an move, insane person. Kind of a crazy person. <laughs> He's the sort of guy that believes kids will learn more from life than from school. And a mother that, you know, uh, I guess the best way to describe her is like a little selfish, like she's an artist, but she doesn't, neither of them are doing much to take care of the kids. That's kind of the big thing. And the kids kind of had to rally together to take care of themselves. So that book was a big hit. I remember when that came out. And, uh, you know, I was expecting good things from this too. Like this movie has a great cast. Uh, Brie Larson as Jeanette, uh, the older Jeanette. Um, Woody Harrelson, Naomi Watts. Like there is, you know, there's so much talent in this movie and I really want to love it, but I think, uh, you know, it just never quite clicked with me, unfortunately. Like, there's some great scenes here, um, but this movie has to balance a couple things, right? It has to balance these really dreamer parents, these parents who think, like, they know more than society and the way society raises kids. Um, and also it has to convey, like, how, you know, maybe this isn't very good for kids. And in some ways, this is sort of like child abuse. And I don't think the movie ever quite strikes that balance. And also uh, like totally, it's just all over the place too. Like Max Greenfield is in this movie. Um, He is, uh, he plays Schmidt in new girl and he's here as uh, Jeanette's fiance. And he feels like he's in a completely different movie. He feels like he's in (laughs) a sitcom because he's doing his new girl shtick and the rest of the movie is just like on a whole, a whole other level dramatically. So it's kind of all over the place. Uh, I like bits of it. I really liked um, the child actress uh, who, who played Jeanette, uh, Ella Anderson, I believe. Yeah, she's, she's great. She's like, yeah, adolescent Jeanette. And, you know, she's astounding like because she has to deal with some of the toughest things. Like, th- that's the point where this character still really loves and adores her father and her mother. Um, but is starting to deal with some of the issues and she has to deal with the transition point where she realizes as a character that, oh, maybe these 
you know, these guys don't have our best interests at heart, and maybe we have to do something about it. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm glad I saw it. Uh, there's some great performances here, and I really like Brie Larson towards the end, although it feels like the movie kind of wastes her much of the time, too. Um, yeah, it's just kind of all over the place. But what did you think, Jeff? Well, I didn't know much about the book. Uh, I came home from the screening. I went by myself to see it. Came home from the screening and told my wife, and she's like, oh, my God, I loved that book. And I was like, oh, I wish I'd <laughs> talked to you about it beforehand. Um, but I, I was not really aware of the, the, the memoir. And I, like you, I was a huge fan of Short Term 12. I think that movie is is beautiful and poignant and has such wonderful little character moments. It's such a small, perfect little movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I was excited to see the follow-up to that as well. This movie feels to me like the dark version of Captain Fantastic. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and, uh, by the way, go see Captain Fantastic. If you haven't, like it's streaming this, on Amazon now, I believe too. Oh, that's Amazon so good. Prime. Yeah. And Captain Fantastic is in my opinion, light years better than this movie is much much more i don't know much better movie in, in but every a similar way concept right similar idea that unconventional parents that sort of feel like they can take their kids off the grid and are counterculture in a lot of ways and and really the first i don't know third of this movie is like that it's mm-hmm. like feels like a very akin to captain fantastic and then it just it turns really dark and you really fe- see why these parents are like this and it's not for good reasons. It's very for very, very bad reasons. And yet, like you said, it, it tonally it, it rides this weird line of these are horrible people that should never have had kids and they should their kids should be taken from them. Mm-hmm. But also like they're kind of sweet people who uh, love their kids and they stay together and they're not – you know, their relationship is, is complicated but they kind of have this love that, that endures and – I give it credit for walking that line. Yeah, like like yeah. this does feel like a real life story in the sense that nothing is is simple. Nothing is is pat or easily explained. It's all it's all shades of gray, which you know I appreciate. Mm-hmm. But I, ultimately I, I guess there were I wish there were more shades of gray, but go ahead. Mm. No, I think but ultimately that feels it all feels a little muddy as mm-hmm. as a result. Like you you see this you you go through this experience with these kids and I never quite understood where the father was coming from. I mean, in a large sense, yeah. the father is the main character of this movie. He's, he's the, the son around which everything orbits and it's, Woody it's Harrelson, also like every Woody Harrelson role ever, a kind of rapid <laughs> one, I think it's true. That's true. Uh, I mean, he's, he's doing it, man. He's, mm-hmm. he's acting. There's, he's, I can't fault Woody Harrelson. It's just, it just. I think structurally the movie is, is odd, and he does these things. He gets, you know, toward the middle of the movie, we see how crazy overprotective, or not even overprotective. It's like over possessive yeah, he is. Yeah. But there's not really ever any reason for that. Like we don't understand where he's coming from or what he wants out of that situation, what he wants from his kids. Like there's no. But I guess that's how life really is, right? Mm-hmm. There's no easy answers to all that. It just – I don't know. I, I i think you and I share um, a lack of satisfaction from this film and I'm not able to put my finger on specifically why. It just feels a little jumbled and muddy and yeah. and 
it kind of collapses under its own weight. I feel oh, um, like 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 if you were to live in a glass castle, it just hey. lies. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think for me, it didn't feel like sincere at all. I think back to Short Term Twelve, and that's a movie that just really got me. I think those kids are fantastic. All those young actors, like there are scenes in that movie that just fear feel seared into me, and that I think of to this day. And this movie just feels very Hollywood. It feels very like it, they tie up everything in, a, in kind of a pat bow by the end that didn't feel really earned. And yeah. then there are some like crazy wild dark scenarios early, like throughout the middle of the film. And it's trying to be like a big bouncy, like look how kooky I am as a parent type thing in the beginning. Uh, it's it's kind of just all over the place. And uh, for me, I just wish it was honest. It didn't feel like an honest portrayal of these characters and kind of this situation. And, you know, I don't even know if we'll need to go into spoilers for this, but uh, towards the end, like, I just feel like the the way it wrapped up was so Hollywood, was so, like, you did not earn this big piece of catharsis. Like, I I wish it did, because this is... Well, there's literally a moment where someone breaks out into a run to get to a thing. Yeah. And there's nothing more Hollywood than that. Dramatic conclusion, uh, dramatic third act run towards your plot destination. Um yeah, I, I just wish it had done more. Like, I, th- this movie feels like it goes from very happy to very dark, often in the same scene. There, yeah. There's one scene that is sort of like a, a big fight between Woody Harrelson's character and Naomi Watts' character. And it's a big fight. It's actually, I was paying attention to it as well. It, it mostly shot in like a one take type way. Yeah, and it's horrifying. It's horrifying, gets crazy, and then it gets like weird. Like in yeah. a weird way, it sort of shows like how the how just fucked up their relationship is as well. Even though their lives were sort of in danger at the same time, and yeah. I, there's a way to do that scene. And I don't like that scene. I think embodies all the problems with this movie. Like it just it goes from trying to be that dark way to show something, and then like trying to be complex without doing the work, basically. And uh, Jeff, maybe like, yeah. I don't know. I I. It, it, I... I hear you and I agree with you, but I also feel like I kind of give the movie credit of trying mm-hmm. to shoot for this weird place that's harder to pull off than yeah, a lot of movies yeah. are trying to do. You know, and it's it's like, yeah, look how weird real people are. They they can be awful and great. And and I kind of felt like, oh yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like that's really the thesis of this movie is that this this patriarch was both awful and great you know he was the best thing that happened to them and the worst thing that happened to them all at the same time mm-hmm. and there's there's a f- interesting message there and an interesting theme about you know how we're raised and sometimes our family is the best and the worst at the same time but I, I can't give it a hundred percent credit because it's it's all very clumsily achieved it, it certainly tries I give it credit for trying as well but yeah that is that's such a hard thing to balance i think that's ultimately it and i came away from this film at least like the way they're portrayed like the the parents are just like they feel like monsters like no matter how kooky they are a lot of their explanations for things like why can't we go to school because nature is your school yada 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 like a lot (laughs) of it just felt like excuses for being shitty parents and i wonder if like there was ever 
another way to portray that, although I guess that's probably sort of what they would have sounded like in real life. Uh, I, I was wondering, though, <laughs> Jeff, like, as a new parent, like, did this film get to you in any way? Because I was honestly curling up my fist in anger at some of these scenes, like how they treated oh. the kids and how they the kids just didn't have food for days on end, things like that. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, there was one moment that really hit me. Uh, I won't spoil it, but there's a moment where uh, a bandage is removed. Oh man! And and the the young actress that they got, uh, she's just staring at her dad with such trust in her eyes. And that hit me as a as a parent. I was like that trust, that like complete magical trust in your father. Uh, it just it crushed me. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of as you said, there's a lot of this stuff that's that's played as like, look how wacky our life is. When it's like, no, this is child abuse. This, <laughs> this is pretty insane. Straight up child abuse. Yeah. And again. You know, Captain Fantastic did it, I think, so much better. And you you really understood why the parents wanted what they wanted and their kids mm-hmm. had certain advantages in the in the life and their upbringing and disadvantages. And you saw that balance throughout that movie, but in a way where you never felt like, oh, my God, these are monsters. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Like the so. kids just feel – fundamentally disadvantaged like throughout most of their lives it just i feel felt terrible for these kids they didn't have like proper schooling for most of their lives or at least some of them didn't and they basically had to you know they had to figure out their own way to survive it within this crazy family Uh, i still haven't seen captain fantastic so i should probably just go do that so i can compare them i love you're gonna love it man it's so great yeah Uh, um i'm just i'm thinking about just to certain scenes in this movie like there's one uh some scenes are just portrayed so dramatically. It's it's kind of tough to like take some of the lighthearted parts of this movie, uh, like how to accept them at all. Right? There's a scene where they're in a swimming pool, and the way that's yeah. shot and the way the music is set up, like it is kind of horrific. Like he's teaching her to swim, basically by throwing her into the water several times, and. Uh, there was interesting technique there where like every time the camera came up out of the water, like the people around them, like the crowd and the public were like, well, what's happening here? Like, yeah, this, this is not good. This is dangerous. And it like just boils to a point where the father gets into a fight. And that right. was such a, it was so dark, so messed up and like so dramatic in a way that honestly, I didn't feel like anything the character did after that would really save him. And then, yeah, he would go on to have like many other situations where he basically disappoints his kids completely most of the time. And yeah, the movie just didn't convey like what the, what the benefit of this would be for them. So I think it it was just all kind of hard to swallow for me, honestly. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's not a movie that I would, I would recommend. Um, I mean, I guess fans of the book might find it interesting. Although Mm -hmm. the one thing that I did love, truly love about it, um, I don't think this is a spoiler, but if you want to skip ahead 15 seconds, is the end credits Mm -hmm. show actual footage of these real people in their lives. And I love when movies do that that are based on true (laughs) stories. I love that. I get such a, a satisfaction from seeing the real people and i and this movie is kind of uh-huh. uh, gives you a, a large amount of that so i i liked that it's, it's funny that you bring that up because i remember when that started happening i just got up and left the theater because like <laughs> i don't you know i i see who these characters are and seeing them in person like seeing the actual people who did this like i don't think that would have uh helped me in any oh, way i loved it I, yeah. I thought it was so so interesting to see who they really were and <laughs> you know 
and there's some like moments of you get to see that the the house that they were in and stuff mm-hmm. it's crazy it's crazy and uh yeah. so i have actually talked to several uh super fans of the book who were supremely disappointed by this movie as well so i don't uh. even think book fans would really enjoy it um honestly it just seemed like from everything i've been hearing and reading like if you're interested in a story like this maybe just go check out captain fantastic yeah Um, because yeah this movie just feels kind of messy all over the place yeah see captain fantastic that's my review of the gas last castle (laughs) see captain fantastic immediately all right that's gonna do it for a review of the glass castle as always uh you can find our episodes at slashfilm.com uh subscribe to us on itunes leave us some reviews you can email us at slashfilmcast at gmail.com uh jeff where can we find you on the internet these days well, you can always follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Kanata, which is spelled with two N's and one T. Uh, remember that we will not be putting out an episode next week. Yes. Um, but that doesn't mean you know, won't get lots of ways to listen to us. I have several other shows uh, where you can listen to me. I do video game reviews uh, on a weekly show called DLC, which you can find at 5x5.tv slash DLC. Uh, this week uh, we have two of the developers of Agents of Mayhem from Volition on the show. Pretty cool. And I also do a daily video game show, just quick hits, 10 minutes a day, called Newest, Latest, Best. You can find that on iTunes and Google Play Music by searching for Newest, Latest, Best or by going to anchor.fm slash NLB. And I also have a comedy science show called We Have Concerns that you can find at wehaveconcerns.com. Excellent. And you can find me on Twitter at, at Devendra. I write about tech at Engadget.com. Um, you can check out some of my thoughts in Tacoma. are going to be up there at some point. And uh, check out our feature on uh, Hellblade Senwa's Sacrifice. Um, yeah, we're not going to be here next week, but in two weeks... We'll be back for a review of Looking Lucky, which I am, I cannot wait for that movie. Yeah, me too. I'm very excited to see that. All right, folks. Thanks for joining us. We're out. <laughs>